talk about chest, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about chest. Chicken like a chicken like a chicken. I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Oh. Hi, guys. We missed you. How are you? Are you having a good summer? We are. We're off to a blazing start. Uh, we, as always, have some uh, notifications for you at the top of the show, don't you know? <laughs> First up is most important. Yes, our new Patreon. Uh, the near and dear Helen Nemo Brauch. And Helen, uh, it was so lovely to meet you at Buff Betty last year, and you're such a raging fan anyways. Thanks for making an official and putting a Patreon on it. Thanks for turning up your raging fanhood mm-hmm. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a raging fan. <laughs> uh, we would also like to mention that there is a new race happening this year, and if you like other races by the 10-hour race series, which is Sammy, our dear friend Samuel Hartman, then you're really going to love this one. Uh, it is called the Pike Lake Ultramarathon in Bainbridge, Ohio. It is on October 22nd, and there are two distances available. You can either run the 10K or the 50K. There's going to be a bitch load of vert. I believe there's over 8,000 feet of gain on the full 50K. There's some really great swag available. Um, and I know, I think he might be changing it up so that you can run the 10K and also buy the expansion pack where you can get extra swag and goodies. But it's going to be challenging and wonderful, and I hope you join us there. Also, October 22nd. What a perfect time of oh, year for a race. going to be juicy, I hope. Although that is very close to my wedding anniversary, and it was 75 and sunny that day, so. I mean, that's fine. 75 and 75 sunny is fine. 75 and sunny is be- would, be- would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, We've had so much happen since our last episode. Um, we went on a trip for your birthday mm. and went mountain biking in Bentonville, Arkansas, mm. which no Highly one recommend. should go there. It's terrible. Just stay away. Yeah. Just leave it for us. No, you don't need to go shred the ultimate gnar in Bentonville, Arkansas. Just kidding. We loved it in Bentonville. It was great. And then we went to New Orleans. We partied beginning to end. Mm-hmm. If you want any more details than that, you have to find us out in the wild and buy us a drink. <laughs> and then we'll tell you almost everything. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all you get for today. So, good luck. <laughs> we were uh, very thrilled with our new event, Bushwhack, this year, mm-hmm. which was hosted in Athens, Ohio, with our good friends uh, Jessica K and Tana V. Tana V. Um, boy, oh boy! I mean, we expected it to be righteously awesome, and it was everything that we thought it would be and more. We were really impressed with women trying new things, women being vulnerable. We did a lot of really great workshops. We had a lot of good feedback. There should still be a survey coming out your way this upcoming week if you were an attendee. Anytime we get to experience anything with Jess K at the helm, uh, owner of Fluff Bakery and uh, a new retreat space in Athens, I just feel so indulgent <laughs> and spoiled and yeah. empowered at the same time, which mm-hmm. is a pretty remarkable balance to accomplish. Yeah. So. I just I feel crazy grateful. Um, if you didn't get a chance to go to Bushwhack, an introduction to adventure racing for women this year, um, I can't imagine us not hosting it again next year. So We certainly plan to. Yep. If you're trying to get into adventure racing and uh, you just want an immersive weekend, come to Bushwhack. Yeah. 
Annie this year hosted a very amazing orienteering race within the weekend. So if you want to actually try your skills out on site, that is possible to do. Uh, I was so stoked. I've never designed an O course before. I've never set an O course before. I've never taught a group of people at once how to orienteer and navigate with just using a map and compass. So the fact that it all worked is just as nearly as amazing as when I successfully orienteer myself. It's damn near unfathomable to me that you com- that you put that together, and it was so much fun. It's a small fucking miracle. Yeah, I, Brittany and Hannah and I raced it together with all of our goddamn hearts and still could not beat Ashley Brown, who is an absolutely delightful psycho on a course. Just wow. Yeah. It's funny, I realize this episode will predominantly be about all women events. Yeah. Cool. So let's get into the next one. Hold on to your vulvas. <sighs> Annie has suggested that we say that word more, not to turn people off, but to get them comfortable with it. So yeah. I'm just going to drop it. We've heard a, a lot while. of ball references and testicles. So yeah, we're when people ask what Burf Barf the podcast is about, I say adventure racing, uh, doing epic stuff in the outdoors, uh, body neutrality, self-love, and using the word vulva. <laughs> so vulva part is of our the- core mission. Vulva is the exterior part of the vagina. The vagina is interior, in, an internal part of your body, not the external part of your body. Anatomy <laughs> lessons on birth bar. They were bound to happen. <laughs> so, most recently... Oh my god, I'm so stoked. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we can barely talk about it without just groaning and making guttural happiness noises. <laughs> Uh, we uh, just returned back this most recent Sunday night from uh, an area outside of Louisville, Kentucky, where we did the Unbridled Women Adventure Race 2022, hosted by the miraculously wonderful Stephanie Ross. Oh, I mean, just more noises. I can't say enough amazing things about all of the women that helped put the- together this this race. And there were also some men volunteers there. They're lovely people, too. But. The logistics of this race were sounded a little complex in the uh, pre-race meeting, but I would like to say, and Annie made an excellent point, what point while we were racing, she said that Stephanie Ross has this incredible uh, legacy of racing adventure races of all different types and orienteering races, and so she took these fun little sprinkles of the complexities of other races and put them into this sort of beginner style race so that you could have a feel for what those things like might be like in a larger format. So it's a six hour race. Yeah. And uh, Stephanie created this race to really be a feeder race for getting more women competing at USARA nationals and some of the longer adventure race um, events. And it's, so cool what she's done. And I said a lot of this after I participated in Unbridled Women last year. And it's designed to challenge everybody to get to the next level, whatever that is. So whether it's your first time, whether it's your 10th time, there's going to be some new thing that you can take on at Stephanie's race that you haven't been exposed to before. And it's just one less thing you're going to be surprised by when you go on to do other events. Like she's really working to equip women with the skills and confidence needed to go forward and be successful at other adventure races. Uh, it was a, a great turnout. I think twice as many teams as the previous year. Um, and we were excited to see a lot of folks that we knew from previous racing. Um, yeah, there was 28 teams this year. 29, actually. 
uh, we were super stoked to run into some friends that we met on the course in our last race. Yeah, and we uh, ju- uh, it was it was so funny to us because we really d- <laughs> we came up to the race and a woman said. I told you they would be here, and we're like, yes, okay, we have to go to the bathroom, though, right now. And when we came <laughs> out, we didn't even realize who was saying hello to us because of how different everyone looked. When they were not in great peril. But so, we were really stoked to see Joe Beth, uh, uh, Chris, and Morgan, who were all a team at the name of the races. The Berryman. Berryman. I delete everything once it's over. You guys know that about me. But do you remember the team name? Surely you do. <laughs> I believe it was called Bro Dude Ferda. <laughs> so, uh, Joe Beth and Morgan, last time we saw Morgan, she was on an opposite On uh, an island. Bank. Stranded on an island. And Joe Beth, we had just uh, entirely changed her clothes for her and fed and watered her like a wee baby. Um, people look so much different when they're not under duress. It was so <laughs> lovely to see them in feeling happy, confident, and safe. I did hear them say while we were all waiting around in the pavilion afterwards that they were laughing and smiling the whole race. So I feel, I, I hope that you had the good time that it seemed like you had because it seemed like you guys were having a blast. Also, I gotta say, if somebody does an adventure race after having the experience they did at Berryman, they love it. Yeah, They're lifers. you're sick people, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, we also traveled down to Louisville with uh, Ashley Brown, who uh, also raced, I think, her second adventure race. Yeah, so race. she did the Buff Betty with me and several other new uh, adventure racers. So this was Ashley's second adventure race, but her first time being the navigator, which I'm stoked for. And I really just can't wait for Ashley to get an opportunity to rip it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So it was a hot day. The race uh, started at 10, instructions and maps around 8.30. So starting later in the day does mean that it's hotter and even more humid. But we did not have to get up at 4 a.m. That's also true. So I'm I'm not upset about the time. It was just the fact of the matter is it was pretty much sun all day and it was pretty much extreme heat and humidity all day. It sure was. And we were at the parklands of... Floyd River? Floyd Fork. Floyd Fork. And that's close to Louisville, Kentucky. Another thing that felt really luxurious is only having a three and a half hour drive to get there. Yeah. So fantastic. So we got our maps. The prologue was an interesting one. It was a memory O, which meant that you had to take a look at a map, find three plotted points on the map, and then memorize them and then go find them. We basically just shotgun sprayed ourselves into the field after barely looking at the map. We were, and everyone was already gone. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, don't say that we barely looked at the map because we looked at the map longer than just about anybody. I have no shame admitting that prologues and the first one to two checkpoints of a race, I really have no fucking idea what's going on. I yeah. try so hard to orient myself. <laughs> I, navigating is not a thing that comes easy to me. So, like, I work really hard at it. It takes me a while to get my bearings. Literally. Yeah. It takes me a while to get my bearings. So the memory O, I was really trying to look at it and memorize where the points were. And then I was like, nope, it's not sticking. I don't know which direction this is referencing. I'm just, I'm, let's just go where everybody else is going. We just ran. Yep. So all of you listening or um, people who are, uh, we're going to have an official, Stephanie does a great job of setting up post-race debriefs which are so helpful in being able to learn uh kind of 
I'll say best practices for a races race was or what people other people chose as their navigation choices. Um, I just wanna I just wanna say like uh, nope. I guess I don't wanna sp- I don't wanna. Oh spoil yeah, don't the don't don't yeah. okay, don't spoil yet. Okay. Uh, so we got our a set of four maps, including a park map. Mm-hmm. And we ha- were yet to still get our O maps. So there were a good deal of maps, which I think is a good intro to adventure racing because they're mm-hmm. like, here, have these 10 maps. Sort it out. <laughs> like, yeah, figure your shit out. And they might be different scale, which has tripped us up before. Um, so I think that's good practice. Yeah. And racing best practices or adventure race best practices. Give every person doing the race a set of maps. Mm. One of the bottlenecks in adventure racing is having enough navigators. If you don't have a set of maps, you're not going to learn how to navigate or even learn where the fuck you are. Yeah. I was really happy to have the maps. I probably was on map three of the six hours of the race. Yeah. Because at some point, Annie was just like, stop looking. It's not worth it. Yep. And Stephanie also gave... So the four maps, it was two maps of the same areas, but what was really great is it was a set of topo maps, so the standard USGS map, and then just a straight park map. So if you weren't familiar at all with elevation profile and topo maps and everything, you could just use the park maps in order to do the race, which, again, is such a nice like half step into adventure racing that is not historically available in other races. To do the race other than the O course. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And the O course was optional. Every point was optional. The only thing the that was, uh, yeah, the only thing that was mandatory were TAs one, two, and three. Yeah. So we did the memory O. We're just dicking about. I who knows how fast, uh, which number team we were out into the Late. first section of the race. Late. We were just kind of like Whoops. maybe twelfth. Whoopsie Daisy. Yeah. Um. The next section, and again, it's some of these logistics when said out loud sound clunky. But the execution of the race and participating in the race didn't feel clunky at all. it was very smooth. So we've done races where there hasn't been a lot of, like, clunkiness and nuance in the pre-race instructions, but that clunkiness comes in your race experience. So when choosing between a lot of detail in the pre-race instructions without taking away any of the mystery that's such a key point of adventure racing... I would much rather have the detail and nuance in the pre-race talk than get yanked off a river when I, was I wasn't just gonna expecting say, that. Instead of someone saying, get out of your boat now, get out of your boat now. And you're like, why? Why? That didn't, this is no. not what the plan was. No. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of. So our first official section uh, on foot or, you know, after the prologue, there was seven point, there were seven different checkpoints. You w- could only get a maximum credit of five of the seven points. So you got to strategize a little bit on which checkpoint you decided to go to and there is uh an advantage of being able to do all of the orienteering challenges so at each fla- at five of the seven flags it was there a was- puzzle an orienteering yeah. puzzle yep like what's 75 meters southeast of this flag uh what feature is at the these utm coordinates yeah what what bearing would you take if you had to get from here to the tree yep and if you could do all the orienteering challenges, there was some advantage to that because if you didn't know how to do a specific orienteering challenge, you could replace that by doing, uh, there was two flags that were set up to be take a team selfie, which was great because it essentially gave you a get out of free jail, get out of jail free card mm-hmm. um, on one of the, if you didn't know one of the orienteering challenges. So 
Um, but if you didn't do the team selfie stations, then you were able to take the most direct route. So that's what we did. Yep. So that's what we did. I had um, one of the checkpoints was to do a UTM plotting, uh, use a UTM plotter, which is just like a little plastic grid thing. Again, I'm going to share all like all the candid stuff because anybody who did Unbridled Women and is wondering the experience for for like a an experienced team, I want you to know this information. I was doing the UTM plotting and I had to sit there for a minute, make sure I had the map oriented the right way. Uh, I actually had to say out loud, calm down, take a deep <laughs> breath, because you start trying to make things fit the way that you want to with orienteering instead of actually make actually looking to see what the answer was. So that took me more time than maybe it would have somebody else, but I felt confident that I had the right answer. So we got to the first, it wasn't a TA. No, it was just like a check-in. Yeah, so the first... Um, <laughs> just thinking back about, about this moment and these challenges, I would race this race again today. That's how much I liked it. Yeah. Like, it was I can't good. say that about a lot of races, because I'm usually like, fuck that race. That's my <laughs> At mode. least for a minute. That's yeah. my mode. I would go back and race this race again today and tomorrow. That's how much I liked this race. Yeah, it was fun. So we turned in our answers for the first on foot section. And then the next stretch, uh, you had the option to get on a scooter or something with wheels, but you had to carry extra gear you and could take wear a helmet. Skateboard. You could take any yeah. roller skates. Yeah. You could take whatever you wanted, but there was a descent and a climb. So so we decided that we weren't going to fuss with carrying any extra gear or taking the time to switch out to a different mode of transportation. So we just ran this section. I think it was the right move so that we didn't have additional weight or it just takes me a while to like change stuff. So um, I think I think by the time we got out of there, we were the we were in front. We were. By the time we got out of that first challenge, we were in front, but only by about 400 meters. At most. At most. So I want to give a shout out to uh, the team of Stephanie Falk and Daniel uh, Danielle Timmerberry. So they were Team Phoenix and Bob. Tim Timmerberg. Timmerberg. Thank you. Um, uh, Stephanie and Danielle, you guys kept us honest for oh that first Oh my God. Part. You had us sweating our balls off we hopefully were, we looked like we were playing it cool but we were, we were not like, cool we were like what what, what every what? time we turned around they were right on us and another section they were in the boat directly following us and another section we got to the top of a grain like a historical silo. grain silo mm -hmm. and from the top and it felt like being in a castle that was about to be stormed. Like, they threw their bikes in the ground and, like, came up the silo. And it just felt like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, after we did the um, scooter optional section, then we got in the boat for a two-mile paddle, which lasted all of 30 minutes, which... Uh, is how much we awesome. want to be in a boat. That's know, exactly how much we want was, to be in a boat. It was really good. We had to get out just once or twice to portage the boat because the water was just a little bit low. But it was a beautiful paddle. We had one one checkpoint along the way. We actually paddled better than we've ever paddled. Yeah, I think so too. Um, although we didn't have anybody to gauge because usually we have people passing us pretty mm -hmm. extensively pretty, yeah, and aggressively, aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> to know that we're not doing a good job. But yeah, yep. when no one else is around, we do great Yeah, as far as we know. As far as we... In a vacuum, we're great paddlers. Yeah, so we got out of the canoe section and we, so the next foot section, we were running back to the start finish area to begin our bike leg. And it's funny because when you got out of the canoe, 
the path you were running was right next to the river, so we got to see a few teams oh, that finishing up their canoe section. That was fun. However, we did not see Stephanie and Danielle in the boats because I think they were that close. Behind they were still, us, still directly behind us. So, I know we knew that they were because uh-huh. we found out ten minutes yep. later. Yep. So it just continued to be like. They're right there. They're right. It's, it's fine. They're right it's there. Fine. Right we don't there. need to go but at the we, speed of light, but we were but we did. pushing ourselves very hard. Yep. All day. So we go back to the start finish area, not to finish, but to pick up our bikes for the first time in the race. And uh, you had the option to do a paved path north to the next race section or to throw in some uh, to pick up the uh, single track mountain bike checkpoints on your way there. We decided to take the paved path north to the orienteering course to knock that out first so that we were fresher for the orienteering course. And also just on the off chance that we didn't have time to get all the checkpoints, it would be easier to cut out the mountain bike single track ones. I will say this is the most assertively and aggressively we have planned from the onset to clear a course. Yeah. I have a hard time committing to that out loud because it's scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it makes me nervous not to have a backup plan of like, I'm so accustomed to being like, okay, which are the checkpoints that we want to eliminate because we're not going to clear. And the strategy is quite different when you're going to clear because it's kind of like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It does no advantage to think about what the easier or harder checkpoints are because we're going to get all of them. I did say in the beginning, when do we discuss what parts we might cut out? And I kind of just got a be quiet hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, wow. This is a do or die. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, not I think, I know my experience last year was so helpful in this race. And like, this is when I got emotional when talking about Unbridled last year. So racing with Sarah Dahlman and Deb Flautman, that's the first time I've ever attempted to clear a course, meaning to get every checkpoint in an adventure race course. I've never been brave enough to even consider that before that race. And going for it that race equipped me to be more comfortable with that idea this year. So again, that idea of this race in particular that Stephanie has created with Unbridled Women, it it really steps you into adventure racing, even for somebody who's done who had done nationals already by then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, planning from the onset to clear the course. <sighs> yeah, yeah, spooky. So the Louisville Loop is the name of the bike path that we had to take to get in between a lot of these transition areas, and it was the dopest bike path I've ever been on. I don't think I've even mentioned this since we finished racing. Those turns. Like, downhill, crazy switchbacks on paved path. And I rang my bell the whole way down just because we were going very fast. Yeah. And it's funny, Stephanie had alluded to that in the Q&A before the race. that, And I think she was making sure to convey, like, it's a paved bike path. It's not boring. You're going to like it. It's It's not not flat. It's Mm -mm. not straight. It was so fun. It was very fun. And we were grinding. I must say, like... That's the hardest we've pushed consistently on a bike in any race. Yeah. I mean, Death March, kind of, but this was, like, flying. Yeah. We were flying. So we continued to have uh, Stephanie and Danielle on our tail this whole time up to the northern section of the race course, which was out of the big sky dome. Dome. Wheel, giant wheel in the sky. Mm-hmm. By Keep on turning. Yep. Um, so. We dropped our bikes and then you got in. I would like you to mention that we got to this transition area before the transition area was set up. They were walking up with coolers 
uh, water and flags, and we were getting there bef- like seconds before them. This is just novel for us. Very exciting. This for race us. was executed flawlessly. This is not to say like, no. oh, the TA wasn't set up. We were just like, we never he- get to do we're this. We're here. Holy shit! This rules. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so we dropped our bikes and got our orienteering course maps. So again making sure to expose racers to every kind of race experience they might have. It's pretty traditional to have sections of an adventure race where you didn't get time before the race started to plot out your course. So you got a fresh orienteering map that you then had to determine the best route to get however many points you were going for. There was eight points in this There were eight. There were originally seven, and Stephanie said she added one tricky one. For us. For us. Uh, all of these points were optional, so, you know, there was teams that skipped this whole orienteering section. Um, I Which I'd like to mention, we've done. Yeah. We have skipped whole oh, sections yeah. of races many times. Oh, yeah. Often when we go to Rogan, I think we're we're finally starting to evolve from this, but often going pick to Rogan... one quadrant of a four-quadrant yeah, map. Yeah, 25% of a race course is what we're even considering biting off. So, uh, but again, we were planning on clearing, so we got the orienteering map. I This was the hottest part of the day. I did do a little bit of like... Yeah, yeah we'll do that. <laughs> I did... You. She was walking ahead of me, and she was like... I'm not really too committed to this, or I'm not really like. What did you say? I'm not paying the best. I'm not, I'm not paying, I'm not paying the, the most attention. attention. And I yep. was like, "What do I do about that?" So I was map reading here. Yeah, and I I did, and it's nice to be able to see and acknowledge these uh, areas of growth for me. I also felt really comfortable planning out a ro- a route about eighty percent. And then knowing that I could adjust on the fly as needed. So I felt really really confident in being like, this is going to be good enough. I just need to remember the order that we're trying to do. And again, because we were trying to clear, it's like, I'm not going to worry about time management as much. We're just, we're just going to hammer through this and however long it takes, that's what it takes. Yeah. So we had one parallel error. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quickly corrected. I would say like two minutes we corrected it. Yeah. Uh, Which was cool. We started out... Um, so the eight points fit nicely in a loop. I will be interested to see how many people went which direction. So we ended up working clockwise. Stephanie and Danielle, I think, went counterclockwise because we went to the first checkpoint. They hit the same first one as First one. And then I think they went counterclockwise and we went clockwise. Um, we often find ourselves doing loops in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. (laughs) We saw a lot of wildlife. Yeah, beautiful snakes. Almost stepped on a baby deer. Um, but we we picked up the first checkpoint uh, pretty easily. The it was a the first checkpoint was a good indication of the vegetation for the day. It was not the worst we've been in because of like briars and stuff. No, However, but it was very it was very serious. Between the heat and just the general scratchy grassiness of mm-hmm. everything, it was in a nice way just the tiniest bit completely intolerable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just... went through some nettle, Annie tore up her legs. There were just a shitload of sparklers, which is what we call briars. It just felt like everything was breathing on you. Yeah, and we also had to hobbit hobbit walk a lot because the vegetation was so dense. Also, 
for all of the juicy, delicious, fun things that we got for being in the front, we also didn't get any elephant track to the checkpoints. So we usually find matted down ground and be like, oh, well, obviously everyone went up this spurred like this. And we were just like, uh, everything is still perfectly intact here. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, I didn't feel like my navigation was the tightest it's ever been like um but i felt she did it with brute force yeah and i also again this being the hottest part of the race i know that when it starts to get really hot my brain just doesn't function as well and so i and i was cluing lauren into that like i'm not paying the most attention or i would be like hey i'm central orienteering which is what we call when we're just going by the feel of where it feels like something should be and i have to say we nipped a lot of things in the bud yes. quicker than we have we were before. at a three-way intersection it was like it feels like we should go this way and then we were like but that doesn't make sense we want to go northwest in between the y mm-hmm. which is actually the opposite the opposite way. way yeah and instead of and it's hard i feel like we've moved from the it used to be what we needed to do was remind ourselves to stop before taking action. And I feel like we've moved into the next phase, which is to hesitate less. Mm. So just mm-hmm. continuing to be like, or or knowing like, hey, we're going to be like 15 meters away from the checkpoint and it's going to feel like we went too far. We actually need to just go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. This is our MO. This is what it usually happens. Latanzi actually writes about that in his book, Squiggly Lines, which is like more often than not, you haven't gone far enough. Mm-hmm. So my instinct kicks in that we've gone too far. Mm-hmm. Give it a little bit more space. There it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a little bit heat panicky at some moments on the O. When we made it up to this little bushwhacky climb to a pond, I was struggling to even walk. Like, let, I it couldn't was run. So hot. It couldn't was really run. Hot. But there were a lot of other teams coming from the opposite direction on the pond checkpoint, and I was like just blitzed out of my mind. Like, I, I could barely think thoughts. Well, by the time it was about. 1 one thirty, so meaning we had been doing the race for three and a half three and a half hours between the two of us we went through five liters of water oh which is unheard of for us that's i usually so do much. two liters for four hours yeah we went we, through a lot oh of water. God. Also, it's amazing to me because I was kind of waiting to have sloshy belly, like I had too much water and it was electrolyte thing. That never came. That was how much water we needed. Oh, yeah. And we did run out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we were on the O course for probably 30 to 40 minutes Last without water. three checkpoints, we had no water. Yeah. That's a lot. I think I slipped or stuck up on my teeth quite a bit on <laughs> <laughs> that section. <laughs> so we cleared the O course. Boop, boop. Um, again, we'll be going into more detail on the post-race debrief. So if you participated in this race and want more detail on specific navigation choices and how I found checkpoints and attack points and stuff, I'm happy to go into all that detail on the Facebook debrief this Sunday at 8 p.m. Um what else is notable from the... I feel like there's something else on the orienteering course. We did cross paths with Stephanie and Danielle, our uh, the team hot on our tails, going, again, and working that loop counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what their experience had been to that point. We didn't know if they were... Because we had gone opposite directions. We were like, they might be exactly as far... You know, we might be exactly 50% done with the O course, and they might also be exactly 50% done with the O course. We have no idea. Yeah, I did say, like, can you do the math of if they're 
beating us and she was like yeah i could but we shouldn't because we need to go forward well specifically i said it will take away from what i'm trying to do yes so i was like i can figure that out but i might miss the next checkpoint because of it yeah let's (laughs) not spend any of our brain power on that yeah so we still kind of went like uh we had a fire under our ass the fire being the blazing hot fucking sun on our face yeah it was very hot we got back to our bikes and also the ice water oh my god i've never i mean rarely do i see you so desperate for something oh yeah very rarely it was it was really good i mean just having a cold bevy was really really good i chomped down probably more salt tabs than a person should chew however you didn't get sick i didn't and i really i did think I wonder what hour of this race I explode into the sun and become a complete liability. I I was also waiting for my head to just pop off. (laughs) Like, that's what happens. My face gets real red and my head's about to pop off like a fucking tea kettle. Yeah. And I think we did a good job of keeping our shit together for the O because that was just the hottest section. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we get back on our bikes and we start to head back south. Uh, to the finish area there was four checkpoints still left in the race um, all on single track so you had to get there via mountain bike Um, again there was an option to get the mountain bike checkpoints on your way north we decided to get them on our way back south towards the finish and I was a little bit nervous about getting on the single track because I feel like my time and speed on single track is like it's just like an unknown to me. Like I, you know, I can, I know, I know about how fast we can walk stuff. I know about how fast we can be on pavement or even gravel single track, depending on how gnarly it is or how much the elevation changes, you know, we finished the orienteering course and we had an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, an hour and 45 minutes left. And I really still couldn't tell yet if that, if we were still going to, it was still going to come down to the wire. Me neither. If we had already, you know, shit the bed. I really, I really didn't know. Me neither. So, and that's probably for the best because I think it kept us like pushing like as hard as we could. I was really bumbling on the three to four checkpoints that we had to go because I was not wearing gloves for the sake of time. That was a bad idea. It's too hot for that. And at least for me. Also trying to carry a plastic container of maps in my left hand while trying to break on what I would call medium to difficult terrain. Like it was a well-built and very fun trail, but also technical. A lot of rocks, a lot of roots, a lot of whoop woos It was a really interesting combination of buffed out trail with technical features on it. So it, was. it was like there would be like a root section, but all of the dirt between it was well packed, dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, well, I can just count. I can just focus on the roots or the rocks. Um, there were also a shitload of little boosters that were built into the trail. Oh yeah. And if we had been getting speed, we would have been doing a lot of accidental air. I think if yeah. you really, you could get pretty sandy on this course. It's yeah. machine built and very beautiful. Yeah, it was fun, and we also got some sections where we got to get that dope camp smell which is like hot pine trees mm. so it's good the yummiest yeah so there was a stretch of single track on which there was three checkpoints they were all very close to the trail but um you could have you could have blazed by them if you weren't paying attention mm-hmm. or if you were mm-hmm. just looking at the trail uh we picked up two of the three pretty quick mm-hmm. in like 10 minutes sure um which felt like Okay, well, yeah, this is starting doable. to, this starting is to doable. feel a little optimistic. Yeah. 
well, let's see what happens. Still going to keep some in reserve. Still going to be very, very cautious. Um, so we picked up the third checkpoint uh, on that section. I was in my fucking element. Yeah. I was loving my life. I was like, it's summer. There are women. I'm on a mountain bike. It was good. And some dude riding his bike near us was like, is that an adventure race? Are you orienteering? And we were like, yeah. And then I just felt more like, yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And it was cooler in this section of woods, too, Mm -hmm. which made a huge difference. So from going to being very nearly too fucking cooked to being like, Kind of cooled off and in the woods with a pack full of ice water. Mm. Woo! Yeah, nice. Woo! Mm-hmm. So then we had one more bonus guy. Yeah, so we popped out of the woods for the three checkpoint single track section and hit the paved path again. Blazed the paved path as much as we could, although the paved path was pretty remarkable. It was a good mix of up and down, so it was nothing that was like solid up, nothing that was solid down. So we. We still had to work some. We did. Um, And then we... We saw a lot of other racers during this section, which was exciting and fun. Yeah. I love seeing other racers. And also because, like, the vibe is just so great because everybody is, like, doing the most that they've ever Mm -hmm. done before a Mm -hmm. lot of times. Yeah. Very peak experience moments. So we dipped back into the woods to get the last checkpoint. It was a one-mile stretch of single track called the Big Karst Trail Climb or something like that. Laura and I both had our brains switched into, like, this is going to suck gear, mm-hmm. like, yeah. because it was like, okay, it's called the Big Climb Trail yeah. or whatever. And, again, I didn't even consider the elevation profile of the trail or anything, because it didn't matter, because we had, had to, to do, do it, it if we wanted to clear. Had to do it. So we get on the trail, and I know I was totally ready to just be, like, in my granny gear mm-hmm. for however long it took and just to grind it out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a climb it wasn't a climb it was either direction no i was very confused by that i never saw the word climb on that trail honey sweet peach mm. it was not called the climb trail it was called the karst trail <laughs> so i think you misread something and got really uh nervous about it and it, that sign never existed i like the you want to double check the internet i am uh i like the idea that, that i was brain... so scared of what it what it might have been that uh that I just added that. Yeah, I, I never saw that word, and I heard you say it, like, eight times, and was just like, why? I, 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 you said we were nervous that it was a climb. Oh, does it say climb? Sure does. Yeah, it sure does. The okay. Karst Climb Trail. Well, it wasn't climby. It was flowy and rad. Yeah. It was. It was, it was awesome. And this is the last one in which uh, it was actually a little bit off trail down, like, a waterfall. And so I had to, like, lay down on a, like, shale waterfall to grab that last one, which was more hidden than the rest of the CPs that were on single track. I think that was by design because it was yeah. the longest, it was kind of the the longest effort you had to put in to get to one checkpoint. So we popped out of that trail and quite a few um, racers, because ride what you got, there was plenty of racers there that didn't have mountain bikes. They either had road bikes or gravel bikes. So they took the longer way around on the paved path and then um, set down their bikes and hiked in to get the checkpoint, Um, which is, again, great to be able to accommodate people with different gear. You don't need to go buy a fucking mountain bike to do every fucking adventure race. Um, So... We were slowly ramping up to, like, do speed race finish, easing in, 
and looking at the time, and we had over 40 minutes left on the clock and had cleared the course. I I was getting that like cold water on your brain tingly. I didn't see if you were feeling elated. Were you no. not letting yourself feel it yet? No, because because you we have gotten fucked over yeah. so many times on our yeah. results and finishes. Yeah, we. Have. That's why. Yeah, we have. So we finished. Our official time was five hours and sixteen minutes. Wow, I didn't even know it was that fast. Holy cow! So we had forty four minutes to spare. Wow, when we came in. Jesus, I. This is not typically, we are not typically that team. No, I feel like I look at other mm-hmm. teams and those are the teams that do this kind of thing. I felt flabbergasted to be that team. It, it's funny how I think people's perception of us is like, oh, and they've always been racing. We, we fuck up so we fuck much. Up so much. We're like <laughs> mid to backpackers. And then sometimes we win because no one else is there. So whatever you think about us. It has been hard fought to come to this place. Yeah. Annie has spent years practicing orienteering, whole seasons just orienteering. And I feel like I'm just, just now, just only now getting to the phase where I don't have a giant fuck up every single race. <laughs> and I, I mean that. I mean a giant fuck up that like ruins the no <laughs> no oh well we can say that death march we were just in over the time limit nationals, nationals last year yeah, we, we had a big up. race strategy fuck mm-hmm. up that fucked us up and i don't it doesn't make me feel bad i'm learning all the time yeah. so like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being the navigator which means i get to have the most grace too so um yeah yeah so we we get done with the race like you turn in our electric punch like um and uh I I still felt very reserved because I, I felt the same as like when we have been in perilous situations and it's like or crewing somebody at a race mm-hmm. where you're like, OK, I can't I ca- can't shut down go mode until I'm safely back in my Airbnb or yeah, once I get into an, the shower. This is a feature of only Annie. Yes. Annie does not speak for the opinions of Burf Barf. <laughs> so we, you know, I it was like we finished and I was and then turned in our punch results and I was waiting for them to be like, you missed one or mm-hmm. you can't have done it in this order. We weren't even allowing ourselves to text loved ones that we might have won because we were so unsure of our own results. Yes. And so, and everybody, like the race volunteers were being very congratulatory and I trust their instincts, but we, we really have had celebrate. so many races where we thought we won or did did a certain place and then we didn't. Or we thought we didn't get a place, but then we did. But then we didn't get an award or we were supposed to get an award and the race director said they would send it to us and they didn't. That's happened or twice. they sent an award and it was a finishers award, finishers award when it was supposed to be a first place female team award. So we just have never gotten it right. We've been let down a lot and I, I have to give it to Stephanie. So after the, after the full six hours had passed, Stephanie and crew spent a solid hour before giving out awards, uh, compiling the results. Mm-hmm. I am more than happy to allow for an entire hour to to ensure accuracy and that everybody gets the recognition they deserve. Me too. And I would ask advent, uh, adventure race race directors to be very diligent in your awards results because 
being like the second or third place female team and either not being included during the award ceremony, being told that things would be sent to us and then having to ask for them again. It really fucking sucks. Yeah, like we paid our money. We trained. We We did the same thing that everybody else did. We raced our hearts out and then mixed teams and male teams get all of the accolades that they deserve and then we go home. And this just has not stopped happening. So it did not happen at this race. At this race, everything was done to the nth degree because Stephanie's invested in the female, the women in adventure racing. So she also has a great feature that I appreciate, which is she gave the results for every single team, which I think is so such an honor. Like it's a way of honoring all of your racers. And it's so deeply respectful. I just I love it so much. Also, it allows everybody to participate in the in the narrative and story of each one of these adventure racing teams. So having just done Unbridled Women last year to this year, it was so fucking cool to see a mother and daughter that did it last year as their first adventure race uh, get third this year. So Sarah and Sydney Young came in third place. That was awesome to see them grow from just last year to this year. Uh, There was uh, Team Chick Points last year. Karen Clark brought two of her mountain biking friends to do their first adventure race. And one of her friends raced as the lead navigator for a team of two this year. So the fact that, you know, again, that growth from last year to this year was so cool. So, yeah, Um, congrats, Sharon and Jody. Yes. Awesome. And just, uh, I... It's just so cool to see the growth from one year to the next and going from going through every single team's results allows us to be part of everybody's experience. So yeah. I, I just love that. So um, what else to what else to call out before we get into the 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 money shot? <laughs> uh, there was. I think those are the main things we're calling out. Uh, we did get to hear in the interim between the official six hours for the race passing and the awards ceremony about some of the other team's experiences. One, there was a lot of very hot racers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, we received a few questions about how hard this adventure racing course was. Mm-hmm. I gave it a, sen- a seven out of 10. And I'm saying like, I'm not limiting that to six hour races. I'm saying all adventure races. Mm-hmm. I give it a seven out of 10 because the heat is a huge factor. It so is. doing an adventure race in the heat and in the summertime means that the vegetation is up and the heat management becomes its whole own thing in mm-hmm. addition to needing to keep your brain working for navigation yeah. choices. So if you did this race and you felt like this is pretty difficult, it was. Yeah. Don't hold off on electrolytes. Drink them before the race. Drink them during the race. Eat salt tabs. Make sure that you're eating unless you have an upset tummy and then make sure that you're getting your calories through your drinks. Also consider getting your calories through your liquids by not just having Gatorade or other electrolytes, but also having something that's more beefed up like a scratch or a tailwind um, that has additional calories so that you can uh, consume your calories through liquid. Yeah. Um, We heard what happened to team phoenix and bob who was hot on our tail and keeping us honest so danielle and stephanie um and you should share their experience i think oh yeah they they had shared with me they came in and they looked pissed and i have come in from many races looking pissed so i get it my dudes uh it was just fun to be neck and neck with them all day and so 
We've was, never done that before. No, we We've haven't. We've never been like never racing other people. Position. It's just us. Yeah. We're just racing whatever we think we're doing. Yeah. And so I was talking to, I think Danielle Hood said, we looked for the checkpoint at the well and we spent so much, we wasted so much time there and we were just furious that we couldn't find it. So I just, I uh, relate it to my navigator so that she could explain what happened because I was only there in body, not in spirit. Yeah, and I think uh, they actually were looking for the well checkpoint in the same area that we were, and we just reset maybe a little bit faster. But it was a, it was a tricky one. It was a tricky one. And that one. orienteering course section was not easy at all. No, no, Jesus, no. I, if I was on my own, and I've been looking at maps for five years, four years, I probably would have alone only gotten three of those eight. And I'm just sharing that so that you all know our skill level here. And if I was completely solo mission without another navigator with me, I, there are many of those that would have been impossible to me. Yeah. And I've been uh, orienteering pretty heavily for five years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we go through the team results. I'm still, I, I'm admittedly still holding out in case something gets fucked up. My heart hurts easily on this kind of shit. I cannot allow myself to buy into something entirely until somebody says it's official. It's done. You did it. So, uh, Stephanie goes through all the teams. She says the third place team, which again is the combination of Sarah and Sydney Young for Gucci Down, uh, mother and daughter team, which I think there was at least three mother daughter mm-hmm. teams, which mm-hmm. I think is really so cool. cool. Um, and, uh, they had 22 points in a time of five hours and 57 minutes. Second place was, as I mentioned, the Chick Points team, which was made up of Sharon Brown and Jody, who uh, participated, one of them participated with Karen in this race last year. They beat out Team Gucci down just by a little over two and a half minutes. Also oh, had wow. 22 points. Wow. I know every little bit counts. Jesus. And then they said first place is Burf Barf Racing, who is the only team to clear the course. <laughs> that's the best feeling in the world we've never cleared a course you guys it it really was oh and if you are one of the few delightful listeners that listens um through youtube we got these really dope custom made water bottles as our it's uh, bigger than your head it is considerably bigger than your head, and it says, I went really wild. Thanks for making these, Myra. Very, <laughs> They're so very cool. cool. So nice talking to you, Myra. So this is the most competitive race we've ever won. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm so proud. Like, I, you know, there were times where I struggled a little bit with feeling like we were sandbagging, and then I thought, like, we pushed all day. Yeah, no, we, we really pushed all day. Bloody, I mean, we rang our bloody hearts out. Yeah. Danielle, Stephanie, like... Physically pushed Anne's butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was this was a race. Like, um, uh, it, it this was not like a easy thing that we just took for granted. There was a lot of like firsts and things that we did that yeah, were just made a us lot uncomfortable things, yeah, in order to get it done. Came together for the first time ever. Like, our biking skills have improved. We've been running somewhat consistently. And Annie's navigation has been seriously on point. So it's just the first time that everything came together. Yeah. Yay. We won. We, we won. cleared. We cleared. We cleared and got 26 points. I'm so, I, I think I still kind of can't believe we did it. Yeah. No, me too. I, it has not really fully set in yet. So yay. 
I'm so proud to run this race. We did, we did kind of like make an oath that we wouldn't run this team. We wouldn't run this race again as a team. We'll make sure we each go Mm -hmm. with a new person next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So AB, I'll go with you if you navigate for the love of God. Oh yeah. Please be the, actually, that would be a tight ass team. Yeah. That's a great idea. Oh, AB, me and you. That would be Mm. dope. You should, you should actually do that sooner than a year from now. I wish we, I know we have to race under birth barf racing if I race, but I would love to just be like race as speed freaks. You could do Buff Betty together, which would be cool. That's the one that's the week after nationals though. Mm. She says she think about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else about this race? I just love this race so much. Yeah. Um, I, I did not do as much as I would have liked to have done from last year to this year on encouraging participation in this race. I would like to continue to do more of that between now and next year. You should do the Unbridled Women Adventure Race next summer. You will have fun. It fills your heart. No matter what your experience level is, if you've never done an adventure race or you're an experienced adventure race, there is something for you yeah. that will be skip new and challenging. The, skip all the scary parts and just do the TAs if you feel like it. Just mm-hmm. just to be in a boat, a bike, and foot. Just to experience those three things in one day. Stephanie and the group of volunteers are like none other. And these women-only events are just... They feel like such a safe and encouraging space for you to spread your wings a little bit. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, thank I, you. I think... Hold on. I just, I'm scrounging around still. I think that's it. Okay. Well, until next time. We are. Perfect. Oh, wait. Oh, there's more. I know what else I wanted to say. (laughs) This episode is for you, Karen Clark. And to all of the other women and and other non-women. Okay. But the women women. doing the Endless Mountains uh, expedition race coming up in... And Amanda. I know. I know. She's... She is a woman doing endless... <laughs> no, but I have to say her name. Yes, you should say Amanda's name. Uh, so stoked to watch the results of the Endless Mountains expedition race put on by Rootstock Racing starting in less than a week. Wow. Good luck. Good luck, guys. We're stoked for you. I can't wait to hear the stories. Hope you keep your shit together. Hope you keep all your toes and fingers. I hope you lose your goddamn minds. I hope you do, too. Tell me what you hallucinate. Until next time. We are Barf Barf!